evening, Maneru. It's a good word. welcome to, to live chats on Monday with your host, Ronald Moringai here. Uh, today, Rinalinta Te Charlie, Charlie Peterson, a great guest of ours. Uh, and he's uh, one of the former, former, former people who is sitting at the very top of the chain at uh, Bloemfontein Celtic. Daddy Charlie, how are you this evening, sir? I'm good. I'm blessed. And you, sir? Right, I'm great, I'm great. I must just apologize to our viewers for the slight uh, late in the link-up. I think yes, uh, technology yes. and its gremlins has its things. But uh, for those who don't know Charlie and wondering, who is this man uh, with the green and white curtains? Uh, just so not to that <laughs> This man is an author, he's a life coach, he's a speaker, he's a father, he's a husband. But what brought him here today, of course, is the fact that he's a former coach of Bloomfontein Celtic. Now, I've worked with you, Daddy Charlie, for, for, for quite a number of occasions and events. And uh, yeah. I think you've taught me a lot of stuff. And I think we must say it's, it's, it's really a wonderful thing to have you here tonight and to grace us with your presence, of course, knowing the busy Thank you so much. You. So I think just, just to shoot already from the hip, and Pastor, if I can call you that, you mm -hmm. are born and bred in free state. You are like yeah. through yeah. and through. There is nothing about you that is non-free state. In fact, you are one of those very few identifiable colors who can speak Sisutu as if Umusutu. <laughs> so tell, tell, tell us your journey then to when you began to get involved with the club called Bluefoot St. Celtic. How did that even happen? Thank you so much. I think just the correction there, former CEO, not coach, people will think that, hey, this, this guy will do everything. Former coach, you know, <laughs> what happened is that uh, I used to be a bank teller at one of the banks in the free state and uh, the owner of Celtics and Databulimela used to come and bank on Mondays. So he was very impressed with my knowledge of the game. I used to be a chief supporter, you know, because those the, those years was Chiefs and Pirates. My brother was a Pirates, I was a Chiefs. And there's no way that I can we can both be Pirates. So I choose Chiefs. And uh, and uh, I, I was also very much uh, involved with, you know, with Chiefs, you know, and, uh, and everything that side in the free state. And uh, Mulimela came to me, you know, he said, Charlie, you know what? Tell me one thing. Have you met Keza Mutaung? I said, no, Dad. Have you met some of the players of Chiefs? I said, no. Tell me when you die one day, do you think Keza will come to your funeral? I said, no, man. That day, I don't think Keza will come to my funeral because I'm just a nobody. He said, but do you think if you die, I will come to your funeral? I said, yes, obviously, because we know one another. He said, now, why are you supporting a team that when you die or when, when you celebrate something, they don't know you, you know, you, they, they just distant there. So I started to follow Celtics and I started to help him as a cashier. From cashier, I became PRO of Bloom Celtics. From PRO, I became CEO of Bloom Celtics. That, that's a, that shows that I think beyond just having, of course, the, the green and, and white uh, washing over the black and gold uh, over uh, a period of time, of course, and you being uh, stolen, as it were, for, from Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah. I think the, the, the relationship, therefore, for you was a bit more personal. It wasn't yes, strictly yes. business because of the relationship mm -hmm. that you had. And I think you kind of had a mentor-son relationship with the Lemel. Yes. For those who don't know, can, can you just uh, give us a, a brief glimpse of this man? I know you've told me a number of stories, you know, 
know, the, the, the yeah, lot yeah. Uh, of, of your interactions that you had with him. I think just just give our viewers a brief overview of who this man was and how, of course, he became to, to, to buy Celtics and later on sell it as well. Yes, you see, this this man was, uh, during those days of apartheid, there was only two wealthy black people in South Africa that people were talking about. The one was Dati Richard Maponya in Gauteng, and the other one was Petros Mulemela in the Free State. So Ntate was a hotel tycoon, you know, he had garages and everything. And people approached him, you know, when Celtics were struggling some years ago, I think in the 70s, and said, Ntate, don't you want to get involved with Blue Celtics? He said, man, you know, I'm, I'm somebody that never went to school. I'm an ordinary man that never went to school. I'm a cyclist. I don't know football and everything. But he said, you are a businessman. So why don't you buy Celtics, you know, and he bought Celtics and he transformed Celtics. You know, Celtics was the first team that went professional to pay for their players full time so that the players must not work anymore. And he bought each and every player, you know, in, in the 80s, the XR3. So everything that was first in football, that was the NPSL days and the NSL days. So Celtics was the first team that went professional, uh, Ronald. And also, you know, during those days, Celtics also fielded 11 foreign internationals. Because that time it was not, you know, three uh, foreigners or five foreigners. So that they converted 11 foreigners. We brought some of the best talent in Africa to Celtics, whereby big teams admired the likes of Ernest Wayashirwale, you know, uh, uh, his brother, uh, Cedric, you know, uh, Ronnie from Lesotho. So we had him from Zambia, Lesotho, Zimbabwe, Malawi, and everything. And uh, Tate had that eye, and also he had that eye for talent. So we will go, you know, in the free state and unearth players. Make your sum, and every listener that's watching, just do your sum and watch all the PSL teams playing currently. You'll find four players of Celtics in each and every team. Pirates is the biggest one, you know, you can mention that. Sundowns is running with a lot of Celtics players, Chiefs, all the teams actually. So we were the mega at that time. We were like a, a breeding school, you know, for, for, for Joburg teams with, when it comes to talent. And we used to produce all the midfielders, strikers, goalkeepers and everything. You know, I sold Simon Khapani to, to Sundowns and he later went to Cosmos, the goalkeeper. So all of our players used to be admired by the bigger teams. So the old man, Ronald, was uh, a brilliant person. So I met him, you know, uh, because of my background growing up without a father. So I found the father figure in him and the mentor in him. And we started to be very close. And, you know, even his kids, there are certain things that he never shared with his children that he shared with me. You know, I also shared a lot of things that I bottled up as a young man growing up. You know, I think I was all 21, 22 when I met him and I'm not gonna tell people how old I am, but we had a relationship of over 30 years, so close. You know, you, if you know the likes of Tate Chomani Chomani, the commentators, Odense Tsedi and everyone, Tate used to beat referees and he used to beat coaches. And, <laughs> and people, Tate Chomani asked him one day, Ronald, this colored chap, why has you not beat, have you not beaten this guy? He said, you know what? 
if you understand that. So <laughs> I used to study him and understand him. And Wafundate was, you know, when, when he's angry, don't try and stop him. So what I did that time, when he's angry, I will tell him that I beat this man, man, come beat him. And he will think by himself and said, hey, man, Charlie, do you want me to come in trouble? I said, all right, let's go. So I used to, you know, to <laughs> just to understand him and said, all right, when he's angry, I don't touch him. I leave him. So the ones that went and touched him when he's angry, they got away with nobkiris and all those things. Even the supporters, I used to beat them up. Don't argue with that, uh, Ronald, you know, because one guy came to him and he said, yeah, you must sell this club and everything. And Tate asked him, and it was a journalist. He said, tell me one thing, uh, Mr. Journalist. Do you, do you love your wife? This guy said, yeah, too much. What will you do one day if I get into your bedroom and I kick the door open and I jump into your bed and sleep with your wife? And the journalist said, no, then I'll beat you up. I'll call the police. He said, this is exactly with my team. Why are you interfering with my team? And you don't want me to interfere with your wife. So that was the type, very intelligent. He will come with a lot. Like uh, if, you, if you test him and try and put him in a corner, he will come with a counter to you and you must be ready to take that counter. And did that journalist survive a beating though? Did he get one on that day? No, on that they beat the policeman with a nobkiri. So the journalist, <laughs> the journalist wanted to know why can you do something like this? So he just make an example of the journalist's wife. I think it's in my book that I've written of Tate Mulimela. I've seen it all, I've put that part there. So a lot of refs, a lot of supporters went through that old man. He never took any nonsense from anyone. Even the, the, the top administrators, you can ask the case of Mutawuns uh, currently that Fontate, if something is black, it is black. It is not light black or blue black. Black is black. And, and I think that that's one of the things that I thought, you know, from, from hearing all the stories that you've told me and some of them that you're retelling now, you know, you yeah. are part and parcel of that fabric that makes or made Bloomfontein Celtic, as it were. And now that we've come to the stage where we see papers being signed and deals being made and the team being relocated, how do you think, number one, that Emilemela would feel about the whole thing? And secondly, where is your head at this with this whole thing? That you see, I, I posted a clip of an interview that was between Ndate, myself, and Marumo Kekane on SABC. And in that clip, Ndate said, why I gave my team to Jimmy Agosti is because Jimmy Agosti promised me that he's not going to sell this team outside of the free state. He's going to maintain the team in the free state. So my thing is that if there was such a thing that somebody can turn from the grave, that Ndate will be the one turning from the grave because of that. But also, if you look at the business point of view, there's nothing that one can do. Look, like Ndate said, your wife is your wife. If somebody jump in your bed, what will you do? So with Celtics and, 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 and the current owner, uh, Max Chabalala, there was nothing that Max can do. Max was struggling to keep it, the, the team, uh, you know, above waters. So I felt that 
Bloemfontein people, Mangaum people were supposed to come together, hold hands and said, let's buy this team and keep it in a free state. To me, that was a pure, pure business decision, but a poor decision when it comes to the supporters and the history and everything of the team, because it is dead. Celtics is now Royal AM, and, and you know you are as good as your last game. People will remember, you know, it used to be, it is not like that anymore. But on the other side, there's nothing that one can do if somebody wants to sell his property or his team. I, I think I think for me, that's, that's where I, I, I want us to, to interrogate further that part, because mm. like you're saying, business is business and uh, mm. business is struggling and, you know, somebody's willing to buy, go mm. ahead and sell. When it comes to soccer now, we've seen vets 99 years, boom, sold, moved to Limpopo. We saw, uh, what's that team? Bumalanga Black Aces, sold, boom, moved to Cape Town. And I think All of them. We, we, we forget uh, or almost disregard the feeling of the fans and the people who have made that team. Because when we look at Bloom Celtic and the number of supporters that it had and the passion mm. that they had, clearly mm. then we are saying it doesn't matter what they think. Now, I'm seeing the business side of it, yes, and amen, true that. Mm. And even mm. Man United, one of the biggest teams in the world, yeah. also was bought from some, some, some team that was going poor and going down at the state. What I want mm. to find out from you is, can we not sell, 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 sell to the next, to the third, to the fourth buyer and still put in a clause, maybe that just says you will not relocate the team? Is it something that is practically doable? And is there a hunger for it, you think, with the PSL management? No, I don't think so, because you see, money talks. And uh, if I want my team in Durban and I bought it and I'm the one with the money, no one can tell me what to do. Sentiments stop there. I think uh, a lot of people, because I thought that, you know, if one, if uh, Mam Kize looked at the whole situation of the support base and everything, but she's having her own brand, you see, the Royal AM brand. So there's no ways that she can keep a Celtics brand where she has plans for a Royal AM brand. So it's difficult, Ronald. If I have to buy and I want my thing and I want it worth me, no one can stop that because I will be telling you, why didn't you buy it? That's what I'm trying to say, to say then we are not there for taking into consideration what the seller seller fans want or what the no. fans want, what the Pirates fans who for years have spent money following the team, buying the regalia, mm. you know, and, and being loyal in support. Is it not something that potentially we should then look at to say, if especially the historical teams such as this, I mean, Blue Celtic, mm. Blue Celtic is an institution in African football. You yeah. cannot think of a league, you know, post-1980 that doesn't mm. feature Blue Fontaine yeah. fighting, you know, in the top echelons of, of, of the league. Is it not something we should rather than be looking at and not, because now it's looking like a Mickey Mouse circus man. And it's almost it's a, looking like the money is doing the talking. And he no, the, the money therefore. No, the money is doing the talking. And I think for my beloved uh, people of Mangaung and the Free State, I think what we need to do, let's put heads together. Let's buy a, a franchise, maybe in the, in the NFD, you know, and, and build it from scratch. And if you look at Celtics, also Celtics had a lot of things, you know, uh, skeletons in the closet lately with this player is taking them to Kev, this one is taking them. Then you start from scratch because I promise you of the support base 
in Mangaung, but the supporters must, must also put the money where their mouth is. I made them a sum. I said, you know, if we can recruit 100,000 supporters and each and everyone gives 100 rand a month, 100 times, I promise you, you can build the empire. You can build a big, 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 great team out of that. It's not too late for Celtics. You know, they were relegated and Jimmy Augusti brought it back from relegation. So I am saying nothing is forgotten. History cannot be wiped out. Celtics can still come back stronger and bigger. And people will also appreciate it more. You know, and I think because of the loyalty of the supporters of Celtics, what happened now will bring them actually closer to one another and said, you know, we are not going to lose this one anymore. And when, when a portion of a team belongs to the supporters, then that thing can come in and said, no, 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 no. It cannot go out of the free state because we own 50% or we own 40% of the stake in the team. You see, Ronald, that you can keep a team in the province. I, th I think I'm thinking more, yes, I see the business and the money mm. and, and all that talking that is doing. But mm. in terms of maintaining the, the, the cultural and the historical aspects of the game, you know, mm. the, 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 the culture, I mean, I'm thinking, mm. for God forbid, one day, uh, Ronald becomes a billionaire, decides to buy mm. Arsenal and says, I'm moving Arsenal out of London, I'm taking it to Ipswich. It, mm. Is it something that you see being possible in that league? And if not, why is it happening in this league? You see, money talks. That side is, that's, that's communities that are having a lot of finances. We were supposed, you know, in the free state, you know, we get some business guys together and said, look, when Celtics goes, then tourism is going to die. Because 18, I think how many games are there? 17 games, away games where you uh, bring in the, the, the likes of Chiefs, Pirates, Sundowns and everything. They are making use of your hotels. They are making use of your filling stations. They are making use of your businesses and everything. So there also, I believe that government was also supposed to play a critical role if they are serious about promoting tourism and keep the heritage and history of a team like that in the free state. So collectively there, you needed a collective uh, a partnership from government to the smallest person in the province of the free state saying that let's put hands together. But the trend was there, Ronald. The trend was there for some years to come. This year, you know, Celtic is fighting. You can see the trend. This year, they're struggling. That player is taking them to Kiev. So that time, people were supposed to really come together. And you see with, with, with people is that we have to trust one another and said, you know, if we put Ronald in there to drive this process, let's support Ronald, let's drive him and help him to keep him there. Then all of us will want to be chairmen and all of us will want to be secretaries and, 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 and finance guys. Instead of put a call of people together and said, we rally behind these people you know, to drive the process. But I still believe, Ronald, that Celtics can come back stronger, united, powerful. Again. 
there's actually somebody who who has uh, I think it's to be a question that I want to ask. Uh, somebody mm. has announced that they want to bring back Celtics in that particular way. But let's deal with that. I think after this one, I just have one last one regarding the state of the game, really, and the influence that money has it has on it. Now we've had for years on end the Telcom Charity Cup, uh, which was really a fan-driven competition. Mm. In uh, use this landline number and teams must come and play, etc. That has been disregarded because some other big sponsor came with big money and chose their own teams without, of course, consulting the fans. But I'm sure, like I'm saying, looking at the bank balance and the interest in marketing and what it provides for them, you know, in terms of their branding. And now we have the Culling Cup taking place in place of what was the Telcom Charity Cup. Now, I'm just trying to show you how much, in, in a way, the, the, the whole thing, the game, at least from a boardroom level, is gravitating mm. Because it's following the money. Have the fans lost the game? Is it now a money game? I think it is a money game because uh, if you look at it, uh, the, the wage bill the teams are sitting with. Ne? <laughs> During our days, we survived with 100,000 a month. We never have had a grant of 2 million uh, a year or 2 million a month. I think you will rather go where the money is. But I think that the, the, the love of the game needs to be brought back because the spiritual owners, I said also in my book that the spiritual owners of the game are the supporters. And now I'm also worried about this COVID that our supporters cannot attend games, uh, Ronald. That is also one of the factors. But let me tell you, money talks, money talks. That, that, that's an admission I was hoping you wouldn't make because I think I've, I've still got the fantastical view of football, you know, being ultimately directly being owned by the fans. But I suppose uh, if I can invoke even our politics here, uh, we can say politics is no longer really about the voters, is it? Uh, it's, uh, it's about the people that can afford uh, to, to buy the votes. So, but anyway, uh, moving very, very, very quickly away from that one before we are chased away uh, from these platforms. Somebody has announced, uh, that uh, he's got an interest in buying uh, another mm. state house, you know, as, as Mam Kize has done, as uh, all the other people who buy state houses in the merry-go-round system that we have have done, and revive Blooms of Fontaine. So, are, are you engaged in this whole thing? Are you following it uh, passionately, or are you just now like, hey, once again, I'll just wait and see. Where do you stand in this whole thing? Man, I'm following it of uh, uh, eye. And I've tried to get in contact with Lebohang, uh, but I can't get hold of him. And uh, but I hope that it's just not something that uh, creating expectations to the supporters. I hope that he is really serious about it, because he can make a turnaround like nothing. He can be the hero, you know, like no one else if he can do that and i promise you that if he can put that on the table the supporters will help him if there's any lack of funding i promise you i'll give my hundred rent you know every month if needed to support that and i think thousands and thousands only i promise you it's not only the supporters of celtics is the supporters of football that will contribute because they know that chiefs is not chiefs without celtics Pirates is not Pirates without Celtics. Sundowns is not Sundowns without Celtics. That's one, one, one thing that Ntatemule Mela said to Ntatemutaun. Ntatemutaun bring two Kaiser Chiefs to Bloemfontein to play amongst one another. That is not soccer. 
you need Bloemfontein Celtics. Need Bloemfontein Celtics, need Vets United, Islands United, and all these other teams that have gone down the drain because of the cash. Regarding the issue of cash now, because clearly that's the one that's influencing all these major decisions. Mm. Can we look at the Spanish model? Would it see mm. something that's workable for South Africa to say uh, funding can only be kept at this level for any team, whether it's a sponsorship, etc., to ensure that there's a bit of equity alongst all the teams, almost like the Germanic model as well, and how they run their football. I say so because uh, Bloemfontein Celtic, of course, with all the financial troubles that they've gone through, I uh, can also mirror Ajax Cape Town on the other side and all these other teams that have gone through a lot of trouble financially. Yet, there are three, uh, the Holy Trinity, who can never, not even one day, think, ah, we've got money problems because sponsors are clamoring to them and running to them. Should we be adopting some sort of model that says, guys, can we be fair in this distribution of money? Is it something that football should start looking at, you think? You know, if you talk business and you look, look at consumer side, I will invest my money where I can get the return. I think of brands like that that you just mentioned is a question of, you know, I'm looking at the Ronaldo shirt now, number seven. It's sold out. It's the highest. You know, so you can't put the cap on something. If, 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 if you take your product to a team with a huge following, and I always said, you know, for Bloom Celtics, convert your fans into supporters. Have a database that will show that you've got a million fans you know, on your books. That's where you will attract sponsors. That's where you'll attract a lot of money because sponsors are not there for sentiments, Ronald. They're not there to be, to look nice. They want return for their money and their investment. So a team such as Celtic with its massive support base, where did they go wrong in that particular way? Without obviously trying to pick out any names or you know call out any people, how do you think the whole thing then came to a collapse? Yet they had all that collateral they could have used to attract sponsorship. I think your management is key, eh? and the way you structure your 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 things and your deals. Like I said, I just make an example. You have to show people every Sunday the stadium is full. Is it fans or supporters? If I have to order some books, show me the papers. So I think most of our teams are more struggling and they don't, you know, spend time and money on marketing and putting your marketing and your, and your promotion into, into, how can I say, into a package and say, you know, I'm going to focus in registering a million supporters. Even if they give a hundred, a 50 rent or a 10 rent, but I did the names, the addresses, you know, cell phone numbers and everything. So when I go to a corporate and said, you can send SMSs to this million people, I've got them here. This is what corporate wants. This is what sponsors wants. I used to be in that business where, you know, they will tell me, Charlie, but we see them. But how sure are you that they are Celtic supporters? The only way that you can show us is show us the records. Right, and uh, I know there's a lot of viewers that we have for this particular show. You know, we've got viewers in Cape Town, viewers sitting in Durban, uh, some in Johannesburg, and I know a mm. few that also watch this show that are sitting in Bloemfontein. Who might have contacts? Who might have contacts? Who might have contacts? 
Uh, I'm going to now speak to you directly because I know one of these guys is going to send this link to you. And uh, Dade Charlie is trying to get a hold of you. Please, please. can you respond to the request that Dade Charlie has so please. And uh, with that, Dade Charlie, I'm going to put you on the spot and say, if Celtics is revived, can meet. The money is there. It's not just for the fans. Are you still available to help out in the resurrection of this once glorious team? Dade, my life is Celtics. My blood is green. The, that is the team where I grew up, you know, where people started to know me. You know, when I wrote that is that is book. Uh, before you add there, you were still talking about your life being a Celtic. I also wanted to add there that your curtains are Celtic. <laughs> you know, when I wrote that is book and I said that now, I'm going to make you famous with this book. So we were just joking. He said, no, 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 no. People always don't talk to the one that uh, is written about. They're going to talk about to the author. So actually, I'm making you famous by this book. So Celtic is a team where I really, the name Charlie Peterson becoming a household name in South African football is because of Celtics. I had a lot of offers, uh, Ronald, to go to one of the big teams and everything. I said, you know, to me, it was a question of loyalty to the old man. And when I left Celtics is when Tate left. So, and I said to the other guys, I'm available. And they know, I think arrogance and everything has kept them away from me. I'm straightforward. And also you, you see that thing of, we wanna do, we wanna be better than them, we wanna show them. And that is destroying us as black people. We don't trust one another. I will help when needed. And I am there, I'm available. I don't want a big position of CEO or everything. I'm even prepared to sit behind closed doors and said, guys, don't you want to try this? Don't you want to try this? And, and Ronald, what I'm doing now, I'm helping a lot of teams with my knowledge that I gain in football. You know, uh, I'm a motivational speaker and I'm, I'm doing everything. So I, I'm coaching and mentoring a lot of teams and players. To me, it's not a cap of Celtics. It's the knowledge that I've gained through the years that I want to share with people. Nah, definitely. And I, we, we know the passion. We've seen it, uh, that, uh, Peterson. I think uh, as, a, as a closing remark, you know, if you're just going to throw something out there to the people that are watching, you know, to the fans, what is it that you would want to say as, as we bring this show to an end uh, for tonight? Ronald, I told people, this is not a farewell of Celtics going. It's actually a temporary goodbye. You know, when I said goodbye, Ronald, then I'll see you. Tomorrow can be good morning. So I'm waiting for the good morning of Celtics to come. When you open our eyes and say, it is back, bigger, smarter, stronger, richer. And all the supporters are behind the team and the management and the supporters are as one. And the players are happy. That is my yeah. dream. No, you've heard it for yourself, uh, viewers, for tonight. I think thank you very much for, for coming through. And I tell you, I appreciate your time. I know you're a very, very, very busy man. And uh, you, to sir. everybody that's watching out there, thank you for, for joining us as well in this wonderful conversation. We've got to keep it at 30 minutes so we can keep you interested. But uh, otherwise, I think... Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Good night until we see you next time.
for another interesting conversation with another guest. Uh, it's good night. <laughs>